0: Hey everyone i am farah kimji and you are listening to the futura talks podcast i believe the future will be built by those who see opportunity where others see uncertainty it will be built by people that don't look like the traditional leaders of our past but by women and individuals from diverse backgrounds that see the world differently and who are driven to make it better for all this podcast will feature these people self-made leaders and entrepreneurs that defy odds and are motivated to build a better future. We will also share practical advice for how you can unlock your full potential as the leader of your own Futura. Now, let's jump into today's episode. ever stopped to think who is behind the cup of coffee you are drinking? Our guest this week, Maria Jose Palacio, shares how life brought her full circle to launching Progeny Coffee. From studying industrial design in Bogota, Colombia, to then working in New York with luxury fashion brands like Marc Jacobs and Vera Wang, Maria's journey brought her back to her roots, her family's coffee business, as a fifth-generation Colombian coffee farmer with her very first contracts coming from Facebook and Google. Maria gets candid about her journey, the challenges and joys of being able to be an example for her children as she builds a business with a mission of empowering coffee farmers, helping their communities, and lifting them out of poverty. Maria has been recognized on Forbes' Next 1000 list, 100 Female Founder of 2020 by Inc. Magazine, Mujeres Imparables by Telemundo, 12 Under 35 Breakout Talent to Watch by SFA, and the latest book, The New Latina, 100 Millennials Shaping the World. Maria and Progeny Coffee will also be featured in a short film produced by Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, that was featured at the Emmys and will be released at the Sundance Film Festival in 2023. It was such an honor to sit down with Maria, and I know you guys will enjoy this episode. So let's dive in. Hi, Maria, and welcome to the Futura Talks podcast.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. I am so thrilled to be here with you.
0: Yeah, and for those of you listening, Maria is actually in Colombia right now. And for anyone who will see this in video, uh, she's got a beautiful background behind her of the the coffee farms and mountains. It's, it's quite, quite gorgeous. So, um, you know, we'll actually start with that. Maria, I, I know you were born in Colombia and, you know, you're now running and growing, running a growing coffee company based out of Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. You know, was this something that you could have imagined when you were a kid?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, so actually, no. I as so I did grow up here in Colombia. I grew up in a coffee farm and all my family are coffee growers from my mom's side, my dad's side is definitely what's running our family. But I remember growing up, but I saw so much struggles from my community. Um, you know, farmers produce about 15% below margin, and we were facing as a family those struggles. Um, and so as I was growing up, I, for me, it w- wasn't viable. Like, why would I stay in some, in a place and continue something that not not being profitable? Um, and I remember growing up being like, I want to do something completely different from my family. I do not want to be associated as being a farmer because it was just being very challenging growing up. Yeah. And like so, you
0: saw, you saw firsthand it, what your family was going through. It sounds like, and you're like, I want to aspire to do something different because this is, this is hard.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so I went on and studied fashion design to be a designer and I made it to New York um, to work for Marc Jacobs. I work for Alexander Juan, Maria Cornejo in their production. I was like getting to live my dream and, and, and being in New York in fashion week and everything. And then just kind of the roots start calling Um, and yeah. I start seeing so
0: And we'll, we'll get to that because it's, your journey is really so exciting, you know, from where you started to where you are now and kind of going full circle. But, you know, at that time when you were a kid and you were, you were there and you're seeing this coffee business, which was the family business and the, you know, farming of coffee, you know, what was it that you thought you wanted to be when you grew up? Like what were your like, I wanna do something different. Did you have an you know, any inspiration or ideas of what you wanted to be when you were older?
1: Um, so I think I was very manual and creative. And so I wanted to do something creative. I remember that my grandma will sew all of my garments and my grandma will like the best time of the year was when Halloween was coming, cause she will go all out on designing my Halloween costume and she will sew it herself and she will create like really elaborated. Um, And in my hometown, they will always take me to, uh, there was a Halloween contest and she will always go for for it to win. So like I will win the Halloween contest because I have the garment. And she was really passionate about that and she will make it as a surprise. And even my great grandma, um, you know, my great-grandpa died really early, and she found herself with you know, I think it was like eight kids, and she raised them through sewing and 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 garments. And I feel like I was drawn to that, and that's what I wanted um to kind of do. because okay. uh, I was just seeing in the farming industry the narratives of my family: things are hard, things are hard, yeah. um, and challenging and challenging. So uh, for me, it was like, why would I stay if it's challenging? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so you you got you know kind of exposure from your grandma then to this world of textiles and and fashion and you know so I, it sounds like you were a little bit inspired by that and obviously it was fun for you those Halloween costumes I'd love to see if you had any of those pictures still yes I do um, <laughs> I'm sure you do yeah you'll have to share them with me. So I think that ended up leading you to go and study industrial design at the university, at a university in Bogota. And, you know, I actually didn't really like, I you know, sometimes you hear industrial engineering or industrial design and you don't really know what it is. So I actually went and looked it up and this is what it said. One of the, the definitions was industrial design bridges the gap between what is and what's possible. And I, I don't know, something about that really, really stood out to me. But for you, you know, what was that program like? What was industrial design? What did you learn from your studies and, and why did you choose that program?
1: Yes. So I knew I wanted to do something creative and I knew if I would just go and study fashion design, it will segment me. And, but then industrial design, especially in that university it was very broad it was coming into a problem and, and designing a solution finding the solution analyzing the whole system and methods and the solution could be anything it could be a garment could be a service it could be anything mm-hmm. and so it was really interesting because it was um it was not longer designing for it to be pretty but it was designing to um to solve a problem and going and they taught me going deep into the whole cycle of that product like from the moment you produce it the supply chain um until you know you you know you you take it out to the market funny enough um you know some of my you know my my outcomes were garments um and i did really well but um during my thesis program my grandpa had just died and i wanted to do something in honor of my grandpa yeah. and so part of the coffee farm, he also had um, Citrix and he had created his own orange. When he died, they mentioned that he had created one of the best varieties in Colombia. Like he literally like scientifically created to mitigate the effects and everything at the farm. And so I did this whole um, learning about, you know, supply chain and how to eliminate the steps. And so I feel like, after that, I kind of got me, um, I learned a little bit like the mindset of how to think about system and supply chain. Sure. Yeah.
0: It's, what an interesting program, right? Because I love that it wasn't just focused on like fashion or products. It was broad and that it sounds like you were really able to transfer that thinking to whatever industry exactly. you know is put in front of you to really analyze the process and see if there's, better way, right? Like problem solve for better solution, which is a really cool program. And so, so highly applicable. And I think, I mean, I can understand now a little bit of of why things have you know, went the way it did for you, but we'll yes. we'll we'll get to that. So you're in Colombia. You're studying industrial design. You've done these cool projects: one in fashion, one about you know oranges and supply <laughs> chain around oranges and citrus. So what then, eventually, you know, brought you to the states?
1: Yeah. So I was very mm-hmm. focused on. I had this dream, and I wanted to be a fashion designer, and so. I during my university I created a collection with a group of, of girls and it, it that collection took us to um New uh, Bogota Fashion Week and we happened to win Best Young Designers the award. Oh wow. And and that award took me uh, there was a university there from barcelona the institute of design and they approached me and they're like we would love to have you for a semester in barcelona and so i come to my family i'm like super excited they're like why are you like where are you going what are you doing and so um i head over to barcelona and it was my focus was more in trends. so understanding the trends that are out there if we're gonna um open a store where will you put it where, where things are happening who are the early adopters and all of that so then you could later on design or like whatever you come out in this case was fashion you will be on train. Mm-hmm. and there I met where well, there was one teacher and I remember my dad said if you go there you better come with a scholarship a, a job or something so I went really focused on like I need I need to come back with something and so I started speaking with the teachers. And one of them, she was from New York. Her name is Lola. And she really, like, I did really well at the, you know, at the course. I was one of the top of the students. And she's like, I could offer you an internship in New York. Because I, wow. she was, she was there from New York. Um, um, And so I was like, great. And so I sent her my resume. Um, And at that moment, she said, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave my job. But I could refer you to one of my friends who works at a fashion house. And there was very interesting because I call in, I get the internship, and there was this woman, Lord, um, Leo, she's from the Dominican Republic, and mm-hmm. she right away says yes to me. And it really struck me later on because I realized that there was no interns from Colombia or South America. And I asked her, so why, why did you choose me? Because everybody was coming from St. Martin, like really big universities from Europe. And she said, you know, if us women, we don't give opportunities to each other, no one else will.
0: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so true. I mean, I I
1: really believe
0: that. I mean, my whole business is based on that. Even this podcast is based on that. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I mean, what an opportunity. I think, you know, every girl's dream, whether they realize it or not, a lot of girls dream about working in fashion in New York. Like there's these movies out there, Devil Wears Prada, all these kinds of things. And we, you know, it's so, it looks so glamorous and you know, I, I can see that you had the opportunity to actually work with companies like Alexander Wang and Marc Jacobs. So tell us what that was like.
1: That was pretty interesting. Um, I started working at Maria Cornejo, which is an incredible fashion brand. And from there, um, Marc Jacobs approached me um, to go and work on their production and design. Um, I think it was an incredible experience because it gave me the um it gave me the the skills of of managing production um overseas uh I was managing all of their overseas production and so all the the factories um in Italy uh France Romania wow. and so being in that like really fast um environment on you know, taking out know, the, the designs and the concept from Mark Jacobs himself all the way to the customers is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, which you don't I have really a Mark
0: Jacobs understand. bag, so who he knows? Does. Maybe you were part of the process back <laughs> then.
1: And you never know what skills you're learning that's gonna help yeah. you later on. Um, because definitely those skills, but it was very Interesting because I did got to go to New York Fashion Week. I needed to be at the fashion show because I needed to see what was the collection to be yeah. able to produce it later on. Um, it, yeah, it was a very creative environment. I think it was a, a great experience. <laughs> was it?
0: Was it like as good as a, as good as you thought it would be, or better? Was you know you know we all have a dream yeah. or vision of what it's like.
1: Yes. So, I think what I. When I got there, uh, I mean, there was an incredible opportunity. The girl, I met incredible friends there. Um, But I realized that there was something missing inside me that I felt purposeless. Like the fact of creating a garment to create a garment for fashion's sake yeah um it was not fulfilling me and I remember feeling like what am I doing with my life like this like in theory like you said everybody dreams to have this type of job and be here and like there's like girls that will die for that and I'm here I'm from Colombia I'm from a farm and I made it to New York to my like to be in that house and but I realized I was not doing anything purpose and yeah. purpose and like just drives me and I will travel back to Colombia and I will see that the duality and discrepancy of my life there and here and so there i feel like there was something missing and i realized that i had reached there but no longer was my dream
0: yeah it's it's really interesting because i feel like something similar happened for me where i kind of you know climbed the corporate ladder in finance, ended up working in commercial real estate to then working in a very senior finance position at a private equity firm, which could have led me down the track to becoming a CFO at a big real estate company. And it was at that time where I'm like, is this the life that I want? Like, did I... Mm -hmm am I doing all of this to just run finances for really rich people? <laughs> right. Like, does yes. this, does this actually drive me in it? You know, so I can really relate to that story where mm-hmm. like, I'm here, I'm in fashion, I'm designing, helping the process of designing bags for Mark Jacob, but like my family back home, this is mm-hmm. my roots is coffee and they're mm-hmm. struggling. So you know, what was really going on in your life? Obviously you're going through this kind of identity, you know, not crisis, but you're looking at that. You're thinking about, you know, there's no purpose or meaning to my life. So what was going on really when you decided that you were going to transition out of fashion to then starting progeny coffee or moving back into the coffee business?
1: Yeah. I think it was like you say, it was a process. (laughs) Um, And there were multiple things that came together. I think one I had at that moment, a roommate. And she was, she was, her purpose was to work for uh non um organization. So I will remember I will always arriving to the apartment and she will bring her, cl- you know, classmen. They were all talking about poverty and solving and all of these. And then they will ask me, what do you do? I was like, I just work in fashion. And- I make <laughs> and hand-
0: handbags that cost $5,000 or whatever. <laughs> Actually, like,
1: yeah, I'm not, you know, working towards poverty right now. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I remember my uh, roommate gave me a book that called The Blue Sweater by Jacqueline Nova- I always forget how to mention her last name, um, that she runs Acumen Fund. And in her book, there's a story where she, you know, she's, I think she was from Wall Street. I read it a long time ago. Um, and then she gets sent to Africa and she starts talking about how donations don't work, but creating circular economies mm-hmm. a, and ecosystems in yeah. these places where um, it actually moves the economy, you create jobs. And so you're helping the, you know, the the communities and so it's not just one way
0: and it's one not way just,
1: yeah and so she 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 expressed like this whole kind of theory and I get really passionate about that but mm-hmm. yet I was not thinking about coffee it took mm-hmm. like I was seeing the struggles of my family um but it was more like how how do I get out of that like how how do I continue my life and recreate and create my own path yeah. it took one um one trip with m- my co-founder uh who now is my husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I took him to Colombia and I, I was like oh I just want to show you my country because he's from Paris his name is John and we go to Colombia and I take him to my dad's farm and and he's like, "Wow, you have coffee." And for me, it was like, "Oh yeah, we have coffee." You know, like, <laughs> you know, we—that's why we've yeah. always had coffee. This is exactly. What we do. I'm like literally from the coffee region of Colombia. All my um my neighbors and friends—they all grow coffee. It's like what we do here, um. And so and so, my dad said, "Okay, let me take you to drink a cup of coffee," and he gives him this cup of coffee, and he's just mind. Blown about the quality of the coffee. He's like, I have never tasted something like this. Like, this is like I, he was like, I thought coffee was for caffeine. And then he runs around, he and and we fly back to New York, and he's like, you know, we should open like you have coffee, and there's this is a large market. And I feel like that moment with after reading that book, and that's like, oh my gosh, so what about if we create a whole, like. Can we create a whole supply chain with circle economy and, and bring our farmers out of earth? Like we are here. And so like we start brainstorming, but it was like little things that kind of came, come to get, came yeah. together. Um,
0: I love that. It's actually like giving me chills. Cause I know what it's like in that moment where you had all the pieces were kind of there. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, we could do it in this way and we could, yes you know and this is the family business that was once something that you know i saw the struggle but maybe we can change that exactly. and we have really good coffee and i've learned about the circular economy we we can do this i love that i, I can almost envision what that moment would be like cuz i've had yeah. some of them myself and they're just like all of a sudden it's as if like the light bulb has gone off yes right exactly. and you see this whole you, you're mapping it out and you can sometimes already like envision it all in your head. Now, what often happens with a lot of people at that point is it just stays there. It just stays as that beautiful picture, that one conversation that you had over dinner, over coffee, and then you just leave it there and it never actually comes to fruition. But in your case, it did. So tell us how you went from sort of this seed of the idea the coffee bean of the idea to Mm -hmm. then saying okay we're gonna do this because that coffee is a very very competitive market which you probably tell us more about that I don't know much about coffee but I can imagine it's it's competitive so tell me what happens after that
1: yeah so um so we get the idea, and we start. So I, I you know, I mentioned teaching. We do something is to be mission driven, purpose, and like imp, like implement all of, all of these um, that I have learned, and it, it kind of actually ties with what I have learned at the university, where it's like really looking through a full cycle and systems and all of that. And so we we start like we start first kind of understanding and doing a research of like what what is happening, why is it happening? And so start speaking with my community and kind of how the system work. I knew how it worked but like I really wanted to understand because I I noticed that in my hometown there's really successful, few, very few, like so like on my hands, successful farmers and then the rest. And I wanted to understand what was happening, how the and one of the things I noticed was like they actually got university. So they were approaching farming as a company as actually as your pro my brand my company whereas all of us it was just a pass on trade that we were just growing coffee doing the same way like everyone else I need to say that it's almost like
0: not to interrupt you but like almost like it in Colombia was more of just a commodity this is just coffee versus this is a coffee company that sells coffee to people rather than we just Supplied the coffee and it's exactly. just modest. got
1: it. Okay. Exactly. Yes. And I was I, I still see it somehow in my family where it's like the farm is just a farm. It's just a like, common thing you grow and you sell rather being intentional of like this is our brand, this is our product. And I feel like that's something that I I kind of we kind of saw that that lack of education, accessibility of information. And then those who actually went out, get their masters outside and kind of got um presence is like much bigger but it did took us four years to open project e coffee and the reason for that was john had a full-time job i was still in fashion and it was really hard to like imagine you just quit from a day to another yeah. and then start like how do you pay your rent and all of that um and then as well as we were trying to get farmers and reaching out to farmers and no one would pay us attention. And we're like, we have something different. And everybody was like, everybody will dismiss us. Um, even though like I grew up in the place and I know all the big players, they were like, I saw you growing up. No, like this is the girl that went to the big city, has a big idea, <laughs> you know. She doesn't
0: know anything about our business.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and few things happen in my life. Um, and I, I kind of tell you like the full story, yeah. um, I haven't told everyone, but as I was working, um, I get pregnant mm-hmm. and we're working on, on progeny has been already like four years. And I realized I get to a point that I realized that either I, I will trade off my motherhood mm. to go up in the career where I was, cause you needed to yeah. put many, many hours, or I will stuck where I was and be a mother. Mm. And that really stuck like that. I, I was really going through that moment as a woman. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to have birth. I want to be a mother, but then I have my career. And both are in, in this case, are just don't go together. Yeah. I, I feel mean, like a
0: lot of women feel this. Yes. Women do.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know what was going on. I remember going to see the daycare the, the and I was just going crying because I knew like my child is just going to be raised here. Like, I'm just going to drop them off. I won't be yeah. able to pick them up because I will always get out at 11, 12, 1 a.m. And it was just a constant. And so in that moment, my husband uh, moves to Cali- we moved to California. Mm-hmm. And it happened that he's like, let's move. And I quit my job. We took a leap of faith. He's like, we'll move to California. Um, You quit a job. And, and we opened Progeny Coffee.
0: Yeah.
1: And he just said it
0: to you. Yeah. He was
1: like we could do this. Wow. Exactly. And yeah. so my baby was two months old and we packed our stuff. We moved to California cause he got it. He, he was working in tech and I find myself then with a two month old baby. There was no, there's no fashion where I was. Yeah. And so it kind of, um, everything came together at that moment
0: yeah. and we were
1: able to find the I'm so sorry if you hear my babies cry. <laughs> awesome. This is this is the real <laughs> deal, guys. Yeah. Um. And so we finally, in that moment, uh, after speaking and speaking speaking with farmers and farmers and farmers, one sent us his coffee. And it happened that at that time that my I quit my job, had my baby, moved to California. A farmer said yes to us. Wow that's
0: they always say things happen in threes so that's what it was for you
1: right and that's how is how it ended up we you know like moving full-time you know know what
0: I I love this because you know it takes a lot to go all in on your dreams or a vision and say we're just gonna do this and it I mean, I I love that your husband was so supportive of that and said, let's just do this. Let's make our life about that. And then sometimes it helps to have someone else to bet on you too and make make you feel like this is possible, right? Like this life that we want is possible, but you literally are proving to everyone listening that you can be a mom, you can have a young child, you can be from a different country, You know, and you can go and you can start a business like that is very, very powerful. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us because I think a lot of people listening are saying, I can't do it. It's not going to work. I don't know how no one will believe in me. You had all of that going on. You literally had a lot of people saying no to you quite literally. Yeah. Right. Yes. And and you still did it. And sometimes all it takes is that one yes to, yes, right? Absolutely. You got that one yes from the farmer and now your dream becomes a reality, right?
1: Yes.
0: And and I, I do appreciate you sharing that because I, I will say, I don't have any children, but when I was younger, uh, I used to really think it's one or the other. Like mm-hmm. I can have, it's going to be a career or it's going to be my kids. And actually one of the reasons I- really focused on my career was because I said, if I am going to be a mom, I want to be the best mom. I don't want to be the mom who's just dropping her kids to daycare or to a nanny. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That was just something in my head at the time. I now have a lot of friends who are having running successful businesses. They have the nanny, they have support and it's all good. And they still see their kids a lot, but at the time I really thought it was one or the other. And I didn't have enough examples Mm -hmm. of women showing me that it could be both, you know, and now, you know, that I'm not planning to have kids, but you know, it's just nice to hear that story because I'm now seeing so many more women who are showing not just that you can have it all. And sometimes I I had another guest said, it's not that you have it all, but you have some things at one time and some things at the other, and you, you know, you balance it all out and yes, you get support along the way you have to. And I think that was not very normalized back in the day, either to Mm -hmm. say, it's okay. If someone helps me with my kids, some of the time, because I'm building this business and this business is for them. Yes. Right, it's not for me. It's for them, so I can support them. So, you know, I lo- I love that you shared all of that. I really appreciate it. Um. Okay. So now you guys get this first yes, right? Yes. From you know a farmer, what what happens then? Because you you know now have you know a company, established company, and you guys are doing this. But tell us the process from that till till now.
1: Yes. So it was um it was very funny because then we finally got the coffee and we're like you know because there's there's the moment of four years so like oh we don't have the coffee so it's still like you ha- still have excuses yeah. to yourself right and suddenly you get the coffee and you're like oh my gosh yes. okay there's someone, there's someone that actually believes in what we're doing we better we cannot we better do it but we didn't have clients um We didn't we didn't we didn't even had a packaging at that moment. We had an idea, we knew how we wanted to structure, we knew that we wanted education at the source, directly from the farmers. We had that map out, but we didn't fully had the go-to-market strategy. Yeah. And we didn't know where to start. And so we quickly kind of built a very prototype i have pictures of like our first packaging and it's like we literally went to the container store uh, we bought like color tapes a stamp (laughs) and like craft and we were like doing it in our living room and then we're like okay now we need to figure out where to sell it and um and I remember that I, my baby was about two months so when I was in, in a new city. And so I will go to the parks because I noticed that that's where the moms will go. Yeah. And I noticed that after the park, they will all walk to Starbucks to drink coffee. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I could just bring them coffee. And so yeah. I started showing up as I'll put my baby in the carrier. Um, and I started showing up at the parks. And I'll bring, I was like, hey ladies, do you guys want coffee? And they're like, yeah. And so I'll like open up my car, put out a, a table and start serving them coffee. It's like, I have coffee. I'm from Colombia and I start sharing it. And so literally our company started with a group of housewives from Palo Alto selling coffee at parks. And then I sh- um following them. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, where do they, I remember, like, Atleta will do um, an event for them to shop, right? Because who else is, you know, shopping during the, during the day, like, it's all of these incredible moms. Yeah, and yeah. so I would go to Atleta and be like, hey, I know these group of moms are coming to you. Can I serve them coffee? So the experience will be more enhanced. So they're like, yeah. So I'll start showing the day. And then, um and then I'll go to the, then I went to the supermarket where I knew they would shop and be like, hey, I know. You know, I already have this group of followers of moms that I know they will buy my coffee. Can I put my my coffee at the supermarket? And so slowly it started um, like growing from there. Um, And then one thing that was very interesting is that all the husbands were working at tech companies or were moms that were in maternity leave that Mm -hmm. were going back to their tech companies. And so that then I realized, oh wow, this coffee is going inside the tech companies. And I had, yeah. opportunity with COVID, the mission to leave farmers out of poverty. And I realized I'm just selling three bags, four bags. Like this is not gonna move the needle. I need to move volume and, and really. Yeah. And I, then we had like the craziest. Yeah. Like, what if we knock the door of like Facebook or Google, like, <laughs> and <Okay>. sell <surfing> coffee? <laughs> and like literally, we went, we jumped from like the park to like serving these tech companies if it was out of the relationships I created at the park Maybe. and like you say you only need that one person and there was that like some that were like working for one of these tech companies that they their husband loved that they loved it. start sharing with their you know, with their co-workers um and it was really funny because then they gave us information of the buyer of one of these massive tech companies and we started emailing them and it took nine months of emailing them with no response until uh, someone responded nine months later <laughs> wow <laughs> and uh after zero like there was a lot that went on um where we we acquire our first million dollar contract wow so it was immediately from the park can we, to-
0: <laughs> can we just pause there right First of all, there's so much in that story. You know, you, you really hustled, like yeah. you hustled, you grinded, let's say use a, use a coffee term, you grinded. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like to say, okay, like you, you saw the opportunity to offer them coffee, but then it does take something to say, well, I'm just going to do it because I think a lot of people will hesitate in that moment. And Because it's hard to put yourself out there like that. What was it for you that said, you know what, I'm just going to do this? Where you got kind of like, if they say no, they say no. Was that your thinking or?
1: No. So I I, I think it was, um, I think it was that moment where that farmer believed in us. And we knew we could create a difference. And
0: so for you, it's like this, me putting this coffee out there in the world is so much more than just selling a cup of coffee exactly a, yeah like it. I
1: knew there was hopes I knew if we could crack this down I could transform my community and yeah. I couldn't leave them out of poverty. Uh, I just didn't know where to start i remember my said like if you tap into one like one cohort you eventually create ripple effects yeah. and so he's like hit hard in that one and create that following go, go deep I, in there yeah I need to say that I was really discouraged Every day I would show up at a park because I was like, I did my career. I was working in fashion in New York and I'm here at a park serving so, coffee, yeah.
0: <laughs> so serving $2 coffee. But this is what <laughs> it means, guys. This is you have to be humble in life because you you don't always realize like even for me now, some of the stuff I used to do to what I do now, I've had those moments, but then I connect back to the purpose of why I'm doing it, and it. And then it goes, those moments go away. It makes it so much easier to do some of those things. You're like. I'm doing this for so much more than me. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's why, like, I, I talk a lot about purpose and people might be like, Farah, why do you talk about purpose so much? But exactly. I find when you are purpose-driven, it makes any of the challenges, any of those awkward moments, any of those struggles that much easier or not even easier. They're still going to be hard, but it motivates you to keep going because exactly. you know why you're doing it. Yeah
1: exactly yes I did, needed to always like focus myself because they were yeah th- there was many moments I was like questioning myself like what am I doing with my-? like is this ever gonna get somewhere like so, when you
0: but, <laughs> yeah, but like imagine you're at the park right and yeah. you're like I used to sell or I used to work for Marc Jacobs yeah and this then turns into a contract with Google like yeah. that is another dream that people exactly. have. That. Everyone just is like wanting to get on Google's, you know, roster of vendors. Right. So this is huge, right? Once you have that, obviously that just totally catapulted your business. Were you even ready for a contract like that?
1: So to be honest, we, we were ready in hopes and dreams,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah, well, I remember um our first contract was with Facebook and I remember they said can you do it? And I was like, Yeah, I know we can. Like I know, like we just have so much passion for this mission. I know coffee because I grew up yeah. there. Then I realized how much I actually absorbed from my dad and my grandpa. Like I, I actually yeah. knew coffee. I know how the industry works. I will make it happen. And I remember. Um there was people there that were looking at me, we're like, Are you sure? I was like, Yes, yes, give me a chance and I'll prove you that I could make these. And in that moment, we were roasting in a in a really small machine that I think we could only roast three pounds per batch. Okay, and okay. Their requests were three thousand pounds per week. Oh my god. And <laughs> we were like, and so <laughs> we went <I'm> like, <laughs> Is there and, enough and hours
0: in a day for that?
1: <laughs> I was like okay so not even with our own and so it right away when they said yes we like run and yeah. try to find the machinery the space um everything oh, and, yeah yeah people a team a production team and and everything I, I I do know like we like we were like we were like praying I was like God <laughs> like, this is our moment <laughs> this is our moment and I know you gave us this in our hearts you better show up right now <laughs> um, and then we faced with the challenge we're like oh we need capital to bring all this coffee yeah now we need to move containers of coffee from Colombia we need and there's an investment that goes with that Mm -hmm. and um and then it goes then we move into this challenge on like how to find the capital to get all to be able to supply and that was like that's like a whole story of itself well
0: yeah I actually love talking about raising capital on this podcast too because I think anyone who's listening that that is always um something that most people kind of are like afraid of, or it's, it's, it's daunting. Right. And then, and it actually is, I help entrepreneurs to do that and it can be quite daunting. So here you are trying to run a business, start a coffee company, but you, you realize to, in order to scale and do this, you need money. So, you know, how is that process for you guys? Just like overall, you know, we, we won't go deep on that, but I'd like to know, you know, was that, was that a similar thing? Was that like nine months of of emailing and meetings until some capital firm said yes.
1: Yeah. So when we got the yes of uh, going from the park to yeah. be the main supplier of these big tech companies, they gave us two months. Okay. Yeah. Two. yeah.
0: Oh, God.
1: Three <laughs> coffee credit team um I remember that it was a December because everything needs to be ready for January and literally New Year's Eve we were we all celebrated as we were sticking bags and we're like oh happy new year okay let's all keep going <laughs> and wow. um and so I for me it was like oh this is a no-brainer I have this contract I'm in Silicon Valley everybody knows this company I'm just gonna go to the bank and get a loan like for me it was just yeah. like I'm backed by you know Google, Facebook, Facebook. Like, yeah. Google, yeah like they're going to say yes. Like, why wouldn't they say yes? And I go to all the banks, every single bank on like you can imagine. And everybody was like, no, "No, you don't have history. No, because you know, everything. And we were down to like a few weeks before I needed to pay everything. Um, and I still didn't have anything, um, that was coming up and suddenly a friend referred me to this group of nonprofits, and I found this ecosystem of nonprofit organizations that were that would give loans to underrepresented communities, Latinas uh, and women-owned companies okay. and their like their logo like sorry their pitch is like we're the first to believe to hot um which that. was really beautiful yeah and so it was the first time that I was not asked for my score or your past financials but they were speaking to me okay what is your opportunity and literally the day of when we needed to start production i got everybody ready i was like everybody shows up like i know we're going to make it happen they call me pick up the check i'm literally going out grab the check and I'm like running to the bank to deposit and be like, okay, we can start. <laughs> we can pay people.
0: We can start. We can wow. Can start.
1: <laughs> what, a, what an amazing day. And I'm so
0: glad organizations like that exist because how do you get your first start, right? Like, especially as someone who is an immigrant to the country, you know, they always, these, the banks are always looking for history exactly. and it's like, I don't have the history here. You know, I have a family company business making coffee. I have a contract from Google and Facebook. Is that not enough? Like anyways, they I missed see. they missed that opportunity to give Thanks. you the money. So that's exactly. on that's on them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Later on we um we now close, you know, now Capital, but I didn't know that we could go to yeah. reach out to VC because I thought it was like, oh, we're a coffee company. Who will invest in a coffee company? Yeah, <laughs>
0: like they invest in tech and exactly. you know, SaaS and not coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really changing. It never used to Me. be the case, but now VCs are actually looking at... E-commerce and retail and product based companies and DTC companies, and they are funding those. And exactly. it's amazing because then you can scale and you can you can do so much more. Exactly. Um, so that's that's good, good to see. So, one thing that I really loved about something that I saw, I read an article about your company that pictured your packaging, and you actually have farmers, you know, the, the faces of farmers on your packaging right at the forefront of your company you know um so why was that really important to you
1: yeah for me it was um uh, and it, i mean for us as a company cuz we wanted to push the farmer forward like we are farmers and so if you notice um everybody else was coming as a roaster yeah. and we're like no we, i mean we are from the source and if you think about it it takes 3 years to grow a, a coffee plant and it takes the a farmer nine months of harvest to get you that cup of coffee the roaster it takes them 12 minutes to roast your cup of coffee and the barista takes them five minutes to brew that cup of coffee mm. and in in the u.s you know the roaster you know the barista and yeah. so we felt like we should come with a different narrative and really bring that hope to the farmers that have been struggling that their you know quality happens at the source and it's a very yeah. manual job Uh, job you're at 5 a.m until night and it just it's like a constant is really manual and and heavy um that we thought you know the farmer should be the face of its own coffee and so we decided early on we wouldn't mix the coffee we didn't wouldn't do blends because we want you to meet the farmer what the farmer wanted to say with their coffee because farmers could be very intentional on how they grow their coffee and how they want it like wine right exactly yeah
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know you as good as the roaster might be, if the bean, if the actual coffee itself is not good, that doesn't matter. You know, exactly. really how the roaster is. So that's a very different approach and take, and I I love that because. I think these days, people are a lot more conscious of who they're buying from and where their products are being sourced and whether those companies are doing things ethically. I mean, it's extended to clothing and every every industry is really impacted by that. And coffee is one of those things that is really seen by a lot of people as a commodity. Exactly. And then there's others that are very specific about like, I want my Starbucks coffee or I want that. And people have You know, some people don't have an emotional relationship to it, but people who are coffee drinkers, I think, so I'm a tea drinker. So that's why I'm, I'm like, I have a pretty emotional relationship with my tea. Like I, I like specific brand. I'm like, I'm loyal and I feel it's, it's the same with coffee. Yes. If you can get even more behind it, because you know, which farmer literally made that, that that coffee, I mean, that's genius to me to be able to do it in that way, but there's so much more genius than just the marketing of it. It's to be able to say, by choosing this bag of coffee, you're actually creating a sustainable and living and fair wage for these coffee farmers that for the most part, don't make any real money off of their coffee, right? They're struggling. So I love that you were able to say, like, let's make this what our story
1: and our brand is about. Exactly. Yes, it was very important for us. And I feel like that, like you're mentioning, that's what people connect very much. Because, um, you know, it's going beyond just well sourcing, but really connecting with who produce your, you know, just your food in general. Yeah. I mean, like
0: we really care. These days, people care where their eggs come from and where their meat comes I from. Think. And and coffee is something that you're having every day, right? So mm-hmm. just so for the audience, the tagline for progeny coffee is where impact creates better quality coffee, you know? And I, I love that. And obviously you're very clearly driven by your purpose and and it goes all the way back to your roots. Like, does this feel, do you kind of feel this crazy, like, full circle thing where now you're able to help your family and your family and generations of your family now in Colombia by what you guys are doing with progeny coffee and not just your family but all of the farmers in Colombia that you're working with
1: yes it is it's definitely really beautiful and it it keeps humbling me uh cuz I w- I never thought I would be that person uh, no, it was an intention when I was growing up. I, like well, I remember the,
0: the first question I asked family. you? You were like on the that was not on your radar at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was like, I want to be the fashion girl. <laughs> like, I don't want to be. And so it's really beautiful because it connect me back with my family. Like, I remember not connecting with my dad at all or my brother, um, because we. They were, they love farming and I, there was nothing that will connect me with them. Yeah. And now we're all working together. Now we are all speaking the same language and then seeing the community being transformed. um Seeing now how people are coming to us. I had a moment when they invited me to speak to these, I think it was 300 farmers. And then this lady comes, she was an indigenous lady. um She comes crying and she's like, please buy my coffee. Um, I didn't knew there was a chance and I didn't knew there was other opportunities. Um, I also got an email once from a, another lady that she's a single mom and she said, if you are able to buy my coffee, you're able to save my farm and my family. And so it it it's it's really <laughs> our mission and um and and you see that that like you you're really working with poverty and and and, and then being able to have something that will transform their life and the generations to come for their kids. I think it's really impactful. I, I can only
0: imagine like those stories must feel so good, right? Like you're not just, it's not about the coffee anymore, right? It's about people's livelihoods. Like that is powerful. It makes me want to start drinking your coffee, even though I'm not a coffee drinker. Do you guys do tea as well? No, I'm just kidding. But I will certainly recommend it to all my friends that are coffee drinkers and anyone listening here today. Obviously, we're gonna tag everything, but um, it's very, very powerful. So, you know, your your company is making money this year, not a not-for-profit company or a for-profit company that makes money, delivers a, a a living wage to the farmers and a good wage, you're creating this impact. Like, what do you think other companies can learn from your example that you can do good and make money at the same time?
1: Yeah, and we always say these that you know, profit shouldn't come at the expense of poverty. And I feel like as now in where the world is with so many struggles i feel like as new businesses when you we're gonna start a business or you know or if we're in a corporate setting i feel like now we do have a responsibility to go deep on how we source things who we source them it's no longer um enough to just you know, but like, if, let's say I'm doing cookies, I'm just buying organic, you know, off the shelf materials. But really, we could now have an opportunity to really go deep and put our money where, you know, our values are and things are going to start shifting the the world. I think that if we all partner that way, where we're so conscious, even as business that we start uh, and as consumers, I feel like we are able to transform are, you know, where the world is heading in terms of climate change and, and, and many more things. Yeah. Uh, there's always a better option. And we do have a say um, and we could push that. So from consumer side, they do have a say on if they start betting on certain brands rather than others. And as companies, how we structure everything. Uh, I see a lot where sustainability of income comes as an add on kind yeah. of like oh so we donate or, or we it's like an, a, a nice to have but I feel like we should incorporate in everything from the packaging that you use from you know the people you affiliate with but just being really intentional on on your mission and and the values and it could look in many different ways yeah
0: well you know what's really interesting that what you studied in school really plays a part in all of this right so being able to look at every part of the process and say who are the people behind this who are the communities behind this are is what we're doing you know fair to everyone in this process because you know when i if i knew the story behind the garments i'm wearing or the 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 foods i'm eating and and maybe it's time for me to start really knowing that a little bit more we might make different decisions exactly. right and i i do believe that consumers are becoming more aware of that but i i i feel like companies like yours are the ones that are leading that charge and actually you know we should they should write a case study or something for all the schools about your, your way of doing business and and really put it out there or feature it. Because I think that it's such a great example of there is another way. I love mm-hmm. what you said. There's always another way. And, and, and leading into that, you know what, it's been a very exciting year from what I can see for you, where you actually got featured. You were part of this you know, the Stacy's Rise project, right? Mm-hmm. And you were then selected as a finalist and starred in a short film alongside two other, you know, purpose-driven entrepreneurs. And it was actually Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, yes. that created the film and it got featured at the Emmys. Like this yes. to me... I'm sure you were not ever thinking that. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you? And, you know, how has your business been impacted from that?
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I still can put it in words. Um, as, as a small company and mission driven, we have been trying to put our voice out there and people to see and lead a narrative to be able to transform communities. Um and so when we first got that email, <laughs> I literally got in tears. <laughs> yeah. Like we were jumping, I was like, oh my gosh, like it just feels like you're into something and we could change something and we create change and people are noticing. And if we keep doing that, it will not only be few farmers, but a whole community, a whole mountain. And we always say we need to be shaky mountains and transform our mountains here in Colombia. Mm. And so it was a really beautiful experience because they also were really intentional. So, um, you know, it was, you know, Reese Witherspoon really wants to amplify female voices. Yeah. And then the whole crew that arrived was all women. And it was a, a, you know, female writer, female director. Uh, Ruby was the one that I wrote. know,
0: Ruby, Ruby Core <laughs> is from my hometown, right? Like where no I live in Toronto. Yeah, she's from Scarborough, which is so close to me.
1: Yeah. Uh And so it was really, it was also really impactful um, to be surrounded of these really incredible women that wanted to then elevate others. So it was an incredible collaboration. Um, One thing that was funny was that I, I asked them, my house was really messy that day, because I couldn't (laughs) get it all together in my, girls were crying and my girls were crying and and I asked them, can you just like make sure like the shot is like really nice and like just don't get this mess that he's here I'm sure you could make it look and she's like no I want to she's like no 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 I want to show people so they could relate real, <laughs> real, this is what it is like
0: life. this is what it is like to run a business from home with two young kids yeah, yeah of I'm course gonna- you're like they're going to make it look pretty, but no, that's awesome. Yes.
1: And so there's, like, the shots where, like, I'm with my baby, and she's crying, and, like, I'm assisting her. That was not part of the filming. Yeah, That was really happening to me, and I was trying to, to like, film, and she wanted to be here, and the other one was down there, and, like, she was crying, and... <laughs> And like they, it happened I ended up in, in the film. which you but it was um it was beautiful. Um, and then they were all in on like we wanted to show at the Emmys. And um I think that, you know, I, I still think an idea, but it was a surreal moment for us. Yeah, um, I yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, so mean I don't that's... know what I'm doing, but it's just like, you know, I feel like and this is a message that I always say to people. I didn't grow up in, in a very abandoned house. It's like from farming small community. And circumstances, our circumstances shouldn't define us. Mm-hmm. And I see so many people kind of blocking, it, like, I don't have the connections. I don't have this. Mm-hmm. And it was the moment that you're like, wow, like you could dream and you could it could happen. Really hard, <laughs> but it will happen. And so it was very impactful to see the film during the Emmys with my girls. And they were like, that's mom and they keep screaming that's mama that's mama that's mama and I and was then like they were on too right exactly <laughs> and I was like yes baby yes because you could also be there later yeah, on when you grew up.
0: I you know what's amazing about it too is there was no way that you could have known by taking your coffee to the park that day exactly. that, that this would have happened exactly. you just believed in what you were doing and I think sometimes we can dream big. It's amazing. And I always tell people do, but you don't even realize you can dream like things will happen beyond those dreams like this, like this opportunity for you. There's no way. I don't think that you've could have dreamt that one up exactly. and look at, right? So when you dream big, it just inspires you to keep dreaming bigger now, right now uh, that this has happened, you're like, well, who's next is Oprah next, right? Like, yeah. You know, Hopefully. if she was still doing her favorite things or you yes. get an Oprah magazine, like it's possible, right? Exactly. I think Reese Witherspoon and Oprah are friends. So I'm just planting this. Yes. I'm planting the seed for you.
1: <laughs> no, we're getting ready because the launch of the film is during the Sundance Festival. Yeah. And so that would be another experience which we're really looking for because I know. I
0: know, I was like, just am so excited for you. And you know what? This, this Hello, Hello Sunshine and this opportunity for you is actually how I found you because once it happened, you know, there was a lot of posts on LinkedIn and I just, I quickly went and I looked at all three of the people featured in the, in the film and I reached out to all of you and you, you wrote back and I was just like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity (laughs) for me, you know, to have a guest like you on my show and to get your story out there. Like that was what was most excited, exciting for me is to give you a platform to tell your story of, you know, Progeny Coffee and what you guys are doing. So thank you for that. Uh, With that, I'd love to ask you, like, what are your plans to, you know, obviously now you've been getting a lot of exposure and awareness to your business. So how do you guys plan to continue growing and scaling your business?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, it definitely gave us a lot of exposure. And I think it put us in a different platform where now we get... You know, we just got invited by like the CEO for a private branch in New York. It's like that never happened to us before. And so it's getting us to a different level where we could push our voice and our story out there. So right now we're really focusing on keep pushing our story, creating this movement of just, you know, where you, how you purchase matters and making sure there's that awareness of what's happening and I feel like that the more we do that more people are understanding the more we're growing as well in um in sales which has been crazy this year we grew 266 percent which we couldn't have imagined that that yeah. was like in day to day doesn't feel like that once we zoom out you kind of see the growth um but as a team we decided we need to keep authentic be out even more authentic humble and push our farmers voices out there yeah and so I feel like we're having trying to be very um intentional of keeping our roots and our authenticity that I feel like that's what are you know the people that love progeny is what they're drawn to
0: Yeah, because it can be very easy to say we're getting all of this attention. And then you can go down a very specific path that everybody else follows to build and grow their company. And along the way, you've lost what was like special about why people are actually buying from you. So, I mean, I, I can already tell that, you know, keeping the farmers right at the forefront of your business, it's, it's on all your website, it's on all your packaging, it's on all your messaging. And I know you will stay true to that. So that's very, you know, I'm happy to hear that. Do you guys have plans to kind of scale the product more so globally? Will we ever see the cotton coffee here in Canada to purchase? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we're now working on, um, you know, expanding nationally, of course, hitting uh, national retailers. We're already distribute throughout all Europe. Mm-hmm. And so we are working really hard in that right now, on like expanding and moving outside the corporate setting, but more on that direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the near future, now we're going to start opening our cafe so people could actually immerse themselves into the story and the environment of progeny coffee um so there's a lot of exciting things next year we'll be hitting one of the major retailers as well of the United States um not yet Canada but soon (laughs) that's okay we can
0: we can talk about that offline you know I can I can help you figure out figure out that one for sure (laughs) uh,
1: we do have a lot of uh, subscribers uh, and we ship out to Canada that we do okay Um, that's
0: awesome yeah yes yeah. Oh, so I can't excited. wait to try it. I will try your coffee for sure. Yes.
1: Um,
0: so, so exciting your journey and your story. Is so inspiring. I, I know there'll be, you know, in a few years from now, you'll have so much more to share and there'll be stores everywhere and it'll be, you know, quite the journey for you. But if you were to go back and start over again, is there anything you would do differently? Or do you really think that this is how it was all meant to, to go?
1: Um, I you know as I think back I love how it started cuz it always keeps us really humble mm-hmm. um the one thing I would love like if I would take time back was for me not to have um that as I when as I was growing up in a coffee farm to not have taken for granted and understand the value you know sometimes outside people need to you know share you know like Bring to our attention the value that we have and I I didn't saw it and many times I for example my my brother will always say my dream is to be a farmer and for me it was like why like like you know I almost saw him little for that and it's something that I regret a lot and like I didn't know how much value I was growing into um and how important it was in business side um I think I <laughs> there's just so many learnings in terms of financials uh cash flow you know I studied design which it was incredible but not that financial background and so I I wish I had more of that knowledge um so I wouldn't have made that many financial mistakes (laughs) and you know what sometimes
0: I find in life both with both of the things that you shared we sometimes have to go on the journeys that we go on so that we can learn from them. Because maybe if you never, you know, if you had always valued the coffee from back then and valued what your family was doing then, then you wouldn't have gone on the journey of all the things you learned to then come and apply that back to the business later. Right. And so it would have been very different because now you're actually able to help the family in a very different way had you just always grown up and stayed within that business?
1: Exactly. Yes. So
0: I, I think it is, you know, I, we can all say that, oh, I wish this, but I, I personally believe everything happens for a reason. And even the financial stuff, you know, the best way sometimes to figure out your what you're doing right or wrong is to just make the mistakes and yes. make them fast and yeah. learn, right? Yeah. And just learn from them. And that's just how it goes because you you don't know what you don't know. And that's just it, yes, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: thanks for sharing
1: that. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely I I yeah, I feel like every single thing we we did like I did in the past, it is like skills that I brought into progeny. Exactly from the fashion, even yeah, for every single what you studied,
0: down. everything, right? Yeah. Like it all led into being able to. Build the business that you've built now. It's all part of your story, right? So it's quite beautiful when you can sort of look back and say all of those things that happened had to happen for me to be able to do the business I'm doing now. That's how I look at my life. I, I don't look at any parts of it and say, oh, I wish that didn't happen because I know that if they didn't, they wouldn't have brought me to what I'm doing now. Yes. You know what I mean, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you have, you know, a lot of our guests here are actually, sorry, not a lot of our guests, a lot of our listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs. and So do you have any advice for our listeners who might be considering the path of entrepreneurship or maybe those that are already on one?
1: Yes, I think... So through my journey and, you know, entrepreneurship is like ups and downs. It's never a straight line up and has twists and turns and it, it sometimes feels kind of like a roller coaster. And so I feel like if you choose something, make sure it's something that really moves you, but like it moves you that there's a mission. And like you were saying, there's a purpose um, and really checking, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And imagine if the world is falling, imagine, you know, another COVID or like some like really stressful situations Well, the thing that you're doing motivates you enough to always stand up and fight for that dream. And I found that very true for us through all the twists and turns and you know difficulties that we have faced and everything. I feel like if it wasn't if we were there just for the money or just for, you know, just for a Having my own company, I will have quit way before. Yeah. But the fact that there was like that purpose and it doesn't need to be, you know, and poverty. It, it could be anything for you. But for that, that's going deep inside you. I think that is really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as I also think that is really important um, to just get well prepared um, and really be strategic in when you're gonna launch. Like, like doing your homework. I feel like. So many would jump and we don't take a step and do our homework, like who's our audience? How are we gonna price it? And like that, you know, building blocks and that kind of like floor will be great to start building upon. Um, And right now there's so many resources. I feel like out there there's now tons of resources for you to get mentorship or help or platforms uh, that will help us set up that, you know, that foundation. I love that you
0: shared that you shared the two things that I love most is like be connected to your purpose because then whatever comes your way, you can face it. And I'm very big on, I actually work with entrepreneurs who are looking or aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to launch their first business. And I always start with purpose because whatever comes after we can figure out if you're connected to your purpose, right? And so, you know, you mentioned resources and people. I, I'm i a resource for anyone listening, you know, happy to help you launch your first business, but there are so many people that you can look to for help and support. You can also just look on Google. There are courses, there are master classes, there are YouTubes that can teach you anything, whether it's about capital raising, whether it's about setting up your first corporation, whatever it is, it's all out there, right? Yeah. So I, I agree, it's important to have a plan, to be informed, to do your research, but ultimately to be really connected to your why because the rest is just, I like to say, is figure figureoutable. You can exactly. figure it out.
1: You know? yes exactly
0: yeah exactly. um all right so the one question that I you know actually I would like to say I would love to keep chatting with you uh your story is so inspiring I have so many more questions that I'd like to ask so maybe we'll do one again in, in some time yes. but uh you know I'm cognizant of your time today so I you know want to thank you so much for sharing everything that you have shared on this podcast. And. Before we kind of wrap up, there's two questions that I do want to ask you. So I always ask my guests, you know, what they're reading or what they're listening to, if there's a podcast that they love. I know you mentioned the book that you had read a while back on the circular economy, but is there anything else that's inspiring you uh, these days?
1: Wow, that's um incredible question. I think there's so many things that inspire me. <laughs> um I am a very faith-driven person so I I do always refer back to my bible on um on just how to solve situations (laughs) and everything uh I do follow a lot I still you know from that the blue sweater I still follow them till today it's still very relevant to me and for our business Mm -hmm. um and I feel like I also like to follow like those new role models that are out there that are speaking um, right now. I do try to kind of understand like these new like female CEOs that are there um, and how are they speaking, how are they thinking, how are they strategizing? And I try to connect with them a lot um, to kind of see how do I step up to that challenge and so more so of like that one book or that one author um, yeah. is just those, you know, female CEOs or not female CEOs uh, that, you know, at a different level. What are they doing? How are they thinking? How do they manage their company to be able to rise up to those challenges? Um, and so I feel like that—that that is my current journey right now. I love
0: that. I mean, I do the same, right? There's so many amazing role models out there for us to kind of tether to. And I would say, you know, you're one of them. You're someone I'm watching your journey. I know a lot of people are watching your journey and learning from you as well. So don't, don't forget that because you have really accomplished so much and you know, you still have so many, so much runway ahead of you to, to, to really, really uplift, you know, um, your, your community. So I love what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. And I'd love for our listeners to be able to continue engaging with you and following your journey. So how can they, uh, support progeny coffee and also, you know, how can they follow you online and we'll, we'll make sure we add all of those details to the show notes.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, you can find us at progenycoffee.com. And one of the best ways is we, you know, our model is adopt the farmer. So with us, you don't get to choose a blend, but actually partner and adopt the farmer. And that's one of the best ways to, to get involved, help. Um, and then, you know, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, um, my email, if you want to reach out, I'm always available for questions. Um, you know, I'm always open to my journey because I feel like you many times you hear the she started from a garage and then now she's making it. And then you like, what happened in between yeah so <laughs> i would like to share that like really role or how the the journey was and what are the mistakes or things um that could have you know things that you could do um so yeah i always share my email is maria at progenycoffee.com it's super simple thank you so
0: much for that that's so generous of you to to be able to connect with our listeners i I totally agree. It's actually why I started this podcast is sometimes we just hear about it when someone's made it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be able to share the parts in between and the, the the lead up, you know, some of my guests have only been in business for a year or two years, right? And so you, you know, you are really uh, so generous for being able to share all of those parts of your story with us today, all of those candid moments, those challenges that you faced. And I actually want to end, I, you know, when I do my solo episodes where it's just me, I like to pull in quotes, but for this one, I actually want to pull in a quote that is from your website that you said, and I want to end on that note. And it's, it's more than just a cup of coffee. It's about everything even before the bean was ever a bean. And on that note, guys, thank you, Maria, for being here today. I really appreciated your time. Thank
1: you so much for the invitation. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Futura Talks. I hope it has left you inspired and motivated to pursue your dreams, find your calling and follow your heart in your life and business. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean so much to me if you would consider leaving a review and better yet sharing this episode with someone who will be inspired to start building their own Futura. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next week.